What makes a good story? A story doesn't have to be confined to fiction. In fact, we tell stories every single day. How we see the past, how we envision the future, those are stories. How we convey a message, how we describe a product or service, those are stories as well. A pitch, presentation, a plea, all are stories. A good story expresses how and why life changes. I think it's why Michaela Cole dared writers during her 2021 Emmy's acceptance speech to write the tale that scares them, that makes them feel uncertain, that isn't comfortable. I'm your host, Yolante Fawahinmi, a journalist who advocates for innovation and storytelling, and this is Black Prose, the podcast where Black writers talk amongst themselves. I first came across Talani Tolly Shinea at a virtual event hosted by the Black British Business Awards. I had just finished my master's in digital journalism and was trying to break into the industry. During the panel discussion, Tolly was asked how she landed her role as a beauty writer at BuzzFeed UK, and her response was simple yet effective. I just applied, she said. There's no secret to it. I ran with it and decided to apply for the Telegraph's editorial graduate scheme and managed to get the job. I always said that if I ever met Talani, I would say thank you. And guess what, guys? I did. At a dinner hosted by Magnify magazine. Since then, Tolly's creative charisma has helped her carve out her own lane as a writer, author, podcaster and presenter. She's one third of the Receipts podcast who wrote the Sunday Times bestseller Keep the Receipts and the co-host of the Netflix 10 out of 10 would recommend podcast. Talani has also worked with the Young Vic for their 2020 project, wrote the 2019 Netflix Top Boy cast reveal, has had work commissioned for the sellout run of My White Best Friend at the Bunker Theatre and is now currently developing an original scripted show with Bandstand Productions. If you've ever read her work, you would know just how much Tolly loves love and how much of a storyteller she is. It's why she created Story Story in 2020, a platform dedicated to stories about love, relationships and everything in between. I'm sat here in front of the wonderful Tolly from the Receipts podcast. Yes. I'm going to do something. I'm going to see if you're going to participate. Okay, cool. Okay, let's see. All right, okay, let's go. Story, story. Story. Once upon a time. Time, time. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So, you have a platform called Story, Story. Yes. Can you tell me about it? It is a platform of just storytelling. I'm obsessed with storytelling. I'm obsessed with people's stories. So, I was born here, got taken to Nigeria when I was one, lived in Nigeria from about one to seven. And just it was just telling stories was such a huge part of me growing up, right? So we like we used to all people that lived in the same compound as us would sit outside and like in the evening and the adult would tell us a story. And that like, we'll all be sat on the floor, the kids and the adult will be sat on something a bit more elevated, like a store or whatever. And when they before they start their stories, they always start with a story, story. We would say story. We'd say once upon a time, time, time. And then they go into their stories, which is why I called it story story, just because that's like what kind of grew my love for mm-hmm. like storytelling. So yeah, it's just basically monologues are written by a writer. And then acts acts it out. It's literally that simple. And it's one of the logs about anything and everything. And it was just somewhere that I just wanted stories to live, basically. Mm. And when did you first feel like a writer? I still don't feel like a writer. What? I know, right? Why? Like, it, it, it's just so stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like what I do and what, what I'd like to do. I don't know. That, do you know what it is? I think because, like, growing up, I'd always seen and admired writers of these, like, better being and like they're so smart and they're so intelligent and they're these women who like don't own televisions and their houses are covered with plants and like they don't sleep with waste men and like they make all right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like they just like... Where does this come from? Though? I don't know. I just see them as superior beings because I'm like, you're so intelligent. You definitely don't make mistakes in your life. And because like I don't feel that intelligent. I don't, yeah, so I'm like, 
oh, I'm not a writer because I'm not that version of the woman who is like a writer in my head. Like mm-hmm. she has like a beautiful like back. I know it's so random. That bum. No, no, just her actual physical back. And she wears oh. like low back things when she wants to be sexy and has her natural hair all the time and sometimes adorns it with headscarves <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, like that's her version. Of, and she like hand, I mean, I do hand back stuff if I type stuff and she'll like take herself away to like really get in the zone. But like even when I'm in the zone and writing, someone's like, hey, do you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm so easily distracted and I'm so like, I'll do anything else instead of this. But has that come from a particular experience that someone told you that you're not a good writer? Like, where did that... Do you know, it's probably how I've imagined it to be, how I've dressed them to be. Mm. So that's probably what it is. And because I don't fit how I've dressed them to be, I'm just like, oh, I'm not there yet, sort of thing. And also I think... The writers who I'm like, I think they're so sick. I'm like, I am nowhere near as smart as them. Who are those writers? Bim Adewumi is one of them. She's always been a... Bim is like a pinnacle for me. And it's, I don't know if she does. I'm sure she does. All the women that I really, really love, I fear them a little bit because I'm like, I'm so intimidated by your, like, who you are. And Bim's one of those as well. Like, I'm just intimidated by her smartness. I remember, like, when we used to work together at BuzzFeed and she'd write things. Now, read it. I'm like, yo, who puts <laughs> words together like this? Like, this is just insane. But I also weirdly have the same admiration for rappers. I agree. When they just read that certain lyrics, I'm like, you're so clever. Especially when they freestyle Yeah, as well. like, you clever little man or you clever little woman or you clever little they. Like, well done. Like, yeah, it's just clever. So when did you first feel like you could write? So even though you may not have felt like a writer, when did you realise, okay, I can write? Um, I don't know if there was an exact day. And I think it's like a, a lovely surprise every time I write. Because I'd write something, leave it, and then I'd go back to read and I'm like, oh, actually, that's quite good. Mm. Yeah, like, I think it's when I get, like, step back and read it as if it's not mine. Then I'm like, oh, actually, that's quite good. And that's, do you know what? Story Story did help with that as well because it like I'd write something, I'd stick with it for so long and be like, I don't like it, this sounds stupid or whatever. And then it'll be acted out or it'll be, I'll give it to someone else. And then it's like, okay, cool, I see how this is now. Like, this is good. There's one story that you did for Story Story called mm. So. Yeah. And when I was watching the video where you explained how it, came about mm, mm-hmm. and how it took, it took you a bit longer to do as well yeah 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 do you think when you hear people performing your words it almost brings it to life and does that remind you of your skill set and your talent definitely I think I think that's why I'm like really into script writing and people actually like seeing what people can do with my words I think that's what it is when you read your work over and over again it doesn't eventually comes out like, this doesn't even sound good like I like I sometimes I get really bad at I mean like I'd write something and I won't read it back I just send it no proofreading. Yeah, I'm sorry, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, whatever sort of thing. Um, but I still have that nervousness of, like, sending people my written work and they're thinking, this girl's an idiot. It's really it's really weird because I'm like, yeah, I'm into it. It's like a self-punishment. I'm really into it, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm good at this. Yeah, I've seen you say that you feel like sometimes you'll get found out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you still feel like that? Yeah, but also I'm like... In terms of like imposter syndrome, that will get found out. But also, yeah, he's gonna beat me. So, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I might get found out one day. But then, and then what? And so what? <laughs> like, well, like, when you literally. say that, found out for what though? I don't know. I think that's like, I think that's the weird thing about imposter syndrome because it's like, like impersonating what's that you're not. Who says that I can't decide that? Yeah, I'm a writer, and that's the label I give myself. And yeah, I think maybe it's just found out to be like, oh, you're not good enough. But also, like, there's many of not good enough that I'm doing very well so mm. and in terms of carving out your own lane mm-hmm. you've done that very well thank you when you first went about that so first of all you were at BuzzFeed UK yeah. and you were a beauty writer there yes one why did you decide to leave mm. and two 
when you did leave, how did you go about creating your own lane? Before working at BuzzFeed, it was my ideal job. Like, genuinely, it was like I'd worked at other magazines, I'd worked at other online sites, and I was like, I used to read it. And that was that was its heyday. That was like every morning, it was on it, blah, blah, blah. And it was my dream job. So, like, when I got it, I was really, really excited, blah, blah, blah. And genuinely, I decided to leave and I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I had a rule quite early in my career that I was like, if I ever find myself crying in the toilets, I was going to leave. Like, if I was crying about the job. Like, if I was just crying because of things going on in life, cool. But if I ever mm-hmm. found myself in the work toilets crying about the job, I was going to leave. And then that happened. And then I was faced to be like, you said you was going to go. So, like, when I le- when I went to work that morning that like, I quit, I had no intention of quitting. It was literally when that happened, I was just like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. And then I was just like, I think I'm going to leave. And then my manager was like, you know, go take the afternoon off. Like, <laughs> think about this, whatever. And I went to Vapiano, I used to go eat with my best friend, went home, had some wine. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm done here. And I think that makes it sound like dramatic. And it was a, it, and I think that's what it is. Like, there was nothing else I can do. I was like, my editor at the time wasn't going to leave. I wasn't going to become an editor there. Like, I was just, I've done what I can do here. Yeah, and I was there for like about a year and a half, two years or something. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm done now. I think it's really interesting knowing when you're done with a place yeah. or just done with something and even done with, I don't know, even writing a story when, yeah. you, when it's finished. Exactly. Because you can always keep writing. But the thing is, I read something about writing stories. Someone was like, you're never done, you just run out of time. I like that. Like, you actually never finish writing it. Like, writers are, writers are never actually done. You're just like, out of time now. So you're like, yeah, cool, I have to give it in because you can always make an edit. There's always that's like, true. Oh, actually, we're maybe with this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. But I like that's a, a discernment that I like to, I'm trying to learn to do to be like, okay, it's done now. Like th- this is over, on to the next thing. Especially when either you're good at it or people like you doing it. I think there's something quite hard in dropping something that everyone else is enjoying. Mm. And you're just like, I don't like doing this anymore, but it's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one skill that I really, really want to want to carry on with to be like, regardless of how well it's doing, if I'm like, I'm done, then I have to be done. Because what it means is once I get to the place where I'm done, but I'm carrying on, it means I'm performing and performance is really tiring. And like to answer your second question about carving my own lane, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's like. I'd left it with like genuinely no idea what I was going to do next. I mean, a big part of me was like, I was just going to get another part-time job. I'd saved enough because I had like a fund that was always saving just in case and of anything really. So I was like, I'd saved enough to be like, worst case scenario, three months out of work. And like, you can still manage it. I was still at mum's house at the time. So it wasn't like, last, last, I'll eat my mum's stew. So like, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't the end of the world sort of thing. So I would never just like, recommend just leaving without a plan and, and no money. So... My plan was, I'll just find another full-time work. Like, literally, I'll find another full-time job. And I think I saw, like, adverts for something like Creative Role. And I was like, no, I tried marketing or creative. So I applied for that, and I'd got that. And that was that was freelancing. And then during that, I was still actually um, interviewing for full-time work. Okay. And I remember interviewing for full-time work and getting a job. And then I was like, no. Like, don't do it. Like, say no. I've never rejected a job in my life. You said no. Yeah, and I was just like, thank you very much. I'm not a father, but I'm going to, like, reject it. And I was like... Uh, this was it in a writing feel. role? It was a writing role, yeah, yeah, but social media role, a lot more money, like a very cool company as well. But I was just like, yeah, just see what happens if you believe in yourself. Like, see what happens if you run this little freelance thing for a little while, if you focus on the Receipts podcast for a little while. See what happens if you actually just just try it, innit? And that wasn't a place in my life that I could try. I had no responsibilities, I was still at home. So I was just like, just see what happens. And I'm so glad I did. 
Because it would have been, I could have easily just taken that job and just carried on as I was. But I was like, if I'm not working, I knew that I'd have to concentrate on other things and like make sure that other things like work out. So yeah, I think it was saying no. It wasn't even, leaving BuzzFeed wasn't the moment. It was saying no to that other full-time gig that I'd got to be like, no, just try. And did you think, what about if this didn't work out for me? Did you have that at the back of your mind or were you just very, just let's just see how it goes? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I still have that now, you know. Like, if it doesn't work out or something. But I'm always like, okay, cool, but you've got other skills. I don't know. Go do a diversity and inclusive manager somewhere. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm always, I've been working since I was 15. So I'm always someone who's going to be like, I'm going to work. So it'll be fine. You know when you believe in yourself, but you need need to push yourself to get to that place. Mm, 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 mm. So it's almost like at the back of your mind, you knew if I go for this job, probably I'll just continue as normal. Yeah. But pushing yourself in this way allowed you to kind of betting yourself almost yeah no it was definitely a case of like betting on myself and ultimately betting on the receipts podcast you know it was like what does this look I remember saying to the girls I was like I'm gonna try to be like what does this look like when one of us is full time on it like how how far can we actually take it and I'm so happy that I did yeah another thing that you speak quite a lot about is your creativity Mm. and you said that the most creative that you find yourself is when you're in an Uber and the Uber driver asks you about yourself yeah why do you find that to be a creative space I'm for you? I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy lying. And I say this, no one thinks I'm a psychopath, but I, I, I mean in the sense of like, a big part of storytelling for me is like, you're making things up. Like, if we simplify, I'm making things up and I'm lying. And that's the thing, like, when I'm in an Uber, right, I can just make up a story and make up a lie with no repercussions and no consequences. The Uber driver, oh, what do you do? I will just start lying. I've been a medical scientist. I've been an oncologist. I've been so... I've been actual words that I've made up. And I know both of us don't know what this means because it's actually not a thing. But the person's buying it. Like, oh, you. wow, that's so interesting. I have been um, Keisha from Sugar Babe sometimes. I've been whoever the hell I fancy. You look alike, though. Yeah, I think that's why I did it. I was just like, man, I'm bored today. I've been like, he was like, I'll wear you off to. I'm like, oh, me and my partner have broken up and I'm going to go get him back. Blah, blah. I just... <laughs> <laughs> just like to see what lie the best is when I'm working on holiday oh the lies <laughs> like I just find it so entertaining mainly because I just like telling a story and it just allows me just to be like make up some random story on the spot and I get to I get to like be like what can you make up let's see if it's good sometimes I come up but oh, that wasn't even a good one man. that wasn't <laughs> even time. believable next, I'll, I'll get him next time yeah that sort of vibe and I'm just like yeah yeah I just find it fun <laughs> and have you ever felt like giving up in terms of writing oh yeah definitely definitely I think I I feel that quite recently, to be fair. I Like, the writing I'm trying to do now is very different to, like, when you're a journalist or a beauty writer or whatever. For example, I'm a beauty writer. Having an idea in the morning is published by the afternoon. You know, like, if there's a long piece, by the end of the week it's published, right? But, like, let's say in terms of, like, script writing or trying to write a book or whatever, it's such a long procedure. It's so many, like... There's so many people that have to say yes to people that have to say, like it for it to happen. And it takes years and years that like you hear of. When I hear stories of other scripts, it's like, they've had this story for 10 years. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm just sitting on yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm like, I sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So there are times I'm like, oh, maybe just tap this one in and think of ways to get like quicker money. You're working on a script? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just it's just a long process. And people that are bigger and better than me face that long process as well. And it's just it's just the game, right? And I think, yeah, when I compare myself to people who are like, I think are so much better than me, and I'm like, gosh, they're still waiting. What makes my thing think like my thing is gonna happen? And how people are like, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't get made. And you hear stories of that all the time, it just doesn't happen. And I'm like, yeah, that makes me feel like, well, what's the point then? So what's kept you going then? 
Is it? I really want it. Like, I, I just really, really want it. I really want it. And it, it might be even almost like a dangerous one where I'm like, and then I'll be happy. And then I've made it. Do you have that particular goal in mind? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can, yeah. Do you mind sharing? Um, is that to you? I think I, I've definitely, one of the goals is definitely just to see something I've written, like, on television, or like, just acted out, right? Like, I have very vivid imagination right and I have a fantasy that is, it's one of those it's like the biggest non-sexual fantasy ever but it generally turns me on and makes me so happy <laughs> and it's just like me sitting after a screening of my TV show and like just talking to someone to be like and like my friends and family have watched it and it's so vivid in my mind that I'm like I have to have that moment like I've just done a screening for a TV show and I'm sat there and just to add something like I, it's, it's honestly it's so detailed like a little part of it is like oh I'm talking about the TV show and I was like yeah it's my baby and I love it so much and so some versions of this like I'm also pregnant and I'm like and I'm carrying another baby here <laughs> and it's going to be my pregnancy reveal like, like, like yeah like I just yeah I just I just be dreaming and like that just is that's a, like a fantasy that that is consistent for me do you think you're closer to it <laughs> <laughs> It's a hard one. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't live in, I just hope it doesn't stay in a fantasy. And you mentioned that you're doing a different type of writing now. Mm-mm-mm. So script writing. Yeah. Because you've done quite a lot of different types of writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So journalism, script yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah. You've also done copywriting as well. Yeah, yeah. So how have you, well, yeah. how have you allowed yourself, one, to try those different styles of writing? And also, what have you learned from all the different mediums? When I first started writing, I used to write like I was writing essays at uni. Mm. like in conclusion like there was a beginning middle and an end yeah. right and then like the more you were and then I worked at this um, online site they were like yeah uh-uh, we, we don't write like <laughs> don't that yeah this. yeah yeah yeah. it was a women's hair and beauty magazine so they say words like tresses and like you know like, random English words that like, not even necessary and then I remember going to BuzzFeed and still writing in that like tone they were like yeah no we like, talk how you talk <laughs> Like, write how you talk. Like, as in, this is a very quite, like, a personality-led thing. Like, like write how you talk. Write like a normal human being. I honestly, I just read a lot of other people's stuff to kind of figure out, okay, how is this done? Like, I can go somewhere and be blank and not be like, no, how I write stays. It's like, this is what we want to be done. Okay, cool. But I'll just do that then. So do you feel like you're not as attached to your writing? No, no. When it's stuff that I'm writing personally, I definitely am attached. When I'm doing it for a job, like okay. when I'm beauty writing or when I'm copywriting or whatever, like, whatever you want to see here. Cool. I'm very precious about my writing. I can actually understand what you mean. Like if an editor gets it and they, yeah, yeah, it up, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> Do what works for your magazine in it, and like, sure, whatever. But when it's like script stuff or things for story, story or like little personal essays that I write or things that are just in my notes, I'm very precious about that. How have you managed to not allow that to be crippling as well? I was very precious with my writing at yeah, one point. Yeah, yeah. And I started to take things personally. If an editor edited it, I would be like, why did you edit it? Or even the way they write, I think I, my way was my better. My way was better, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I can't really say that, but I think now I've learned to push back a bit more. Yeah. So I've asked editors, could you remove that? Could you change this? Or that doesn't sound like me, it sounds yeah. like you. Mm-mm-mm. How have you developed that skill and that confidence to do that? I think it's kind of growing in terms of how confident I am in my own voice. And also, like, in terms of just ideas not being precious and stuff. Very early, I remember my agent was like to me, you're not only going to have one idea. So let it go, sort of thing. And that's actually been really helpful to me to be like, yeah, I'll have other ideas, it's fine. That's actually a really interesting point, actually, because sometimes you can feel like that's your only idea, yeah, especially yeah. when you like it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Good. It's like, this is the only thing I'm ever going to do. And she's like, you're, you're going to have more. Th-. And like, it's been evident. I've had loads more ideas and loads more things, like ways to make things happen. But yeah, I think it's just been you know, like, this is not your only idea. It's fine. The next question I want to ask you is, 
Who would you like to thank for your success? Me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it could like be you as well. For my success. Like, it's really broad. Like, even in the book, um, Keep the Receipts, that I wrote with um, Audrey Milena, who I do the podcast with, my acknowledgement was to all the black women who've loved me. And I'm talking from, like, the ones who have to, like, my, my mother, whose blood runs through my own body, to the random girl who's like, oh, I like this girl, man. Or I like how she tweets, or I like whatever she says here. And I just, like, there is some... I don't know, that community of black women, it really rocks my world in a great place, you know. Like, I'm so grateful to them. Like, even when I think about the receipts, it's black women listening that's made it what it is, right? It's them that's made it cool. It's black women following me that's made it... Like, it's just, yeah, it's black women, man. I'm And they've been consistent with it. Even when I've been wrong, they've corrected me privately. To be like, yo, you can't say that. Watch your mouth. You can't do that. When something's been bad, they've told me improve this like there's not so, like I always have someone to be like hey check this on me please hey do you think this is right or I've been offered this job there's a black woman I know that I can call to be like hey do you think this is a weird thing for me to accept what are your thoughts on this would you say they're the people that you write for as well they're, they're the people that I do anything for so like um, my big thing is that like would someone like me watch this someone like me read this or someone like me want to listen to this and um, yeah they're, 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 they're so key like that's the that is a in every story a black woman is my protagonist. Every single story I write, that like she's the she's the main character in it in some version of it. Yeah, because even in your book, you use like the words Yemen, Yemen stew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Yemen I just, and I don't want to explain but, it. And you didn't explain it. Yeah, 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 it. yeah. I'm really big on because like, do you know what that comes from when I used to write beauty, you know? So I would write about certain black hairstyles or mention stuff, and I'd be like, oh, can you just put what this is, please? And it used to really piss me off. So I'd be like, why? Like, I've gone my whole life reading things and having absolutely no idea. I don't know what balayage meant. I looked it up. <laughs> like, look it up. I genuinely, when That's I first true. saw the word balayage, I don't think I even pronounced it right. I was like, bah, bah. like I, I had no idea what it said. I looked it up. And I spent my whole life looking up words I don't understand, phrases I don't understand, sayings and cultures and food I don't understand. So look it up. Like, if you're that invested, look it up. So interesting because like there's also this new poll that I've seen mm. and it's basically about if Nigerian authors should put a glossary in their books. Oh, that's interesting. And a lot of people said no, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but some people said yes because it becomes more accessible to other readers. Interesting. But I don't know. I, I get your point because if you haven't had to explain things when you're a beauty writer, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. but then when you write your own stories, you have to explain it or overcompensate. Because I've been told when I've written stories, um, that you're excluding readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not something that they deal with in their community. So what would you say? I think if it's a different... La I'm writing something at the moment and I'm putting your book in it and I'm saying exactly what it means right next to it. That's a nice way to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I do it a lot for when I write names, Yoruba names. I love how rich and deep our names is and everything that it means and things like that. So I do that as a kind of like, because I think it's beautiful. And I think if I was to include Yoruba, I think I'd say what it meant. But I wouldn't necessarily put a, or like a thing at the back to be like, this means this. Do you know what I mean? Like yam, a tap of cassava. Like I wouldn't, yeah, 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 yeah plantain along. But like I wouldn't, do that. that would be weird to me. But I think if you're speaking another language, maybe say it. But if it's like words and things that are, I don't know if I'd explain that actually. That's interesting though. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's actually really interesting. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Whose career would you say you're jealous of? I don't even know if it's jealous or admire of like, come on, man. Like a, a form of <laughs> inspiration. Quintus' career is 10-10. Is it how it's happened or is it the trajectory? Like what would you say it is about her career? We both worked at BuzzFeed. <laughs> Come on, I, want, I, want, I need I that there as well. as well. I went there as well. I mean, she was in America. But like, and do you know what it is? I think it's to like to watch it, right? And Quincy was such a like, I don't want to say child of the internet because she's, she's a grown woman. But it's like she like, she made this stuff. She made good things that did really well on the internet. She's making good TV shows. So yeah, I, I, I admire, I don't want to say jealousy. I'm like, the, you know what? Sit in your emotions. Yeah, I'm jealous of her. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm jealous of her career. Issa Rae, I would love some of that as well. Yeah, I'd love some of that. And also, these are all women who, in my eyes, get to have, like, their career and get to still be themselves. Because I don't think either of them are this kind of version of what the media require them to be. And also, have lovely private lives. They've got partners who they love, I assume. Um, Like, they still get to do their family stuff as well and be very successful women without the attachment of a man. No one ever talks about Issa's man, really. Don't even let me No one talks about Quinta's man, really, because what's your own... I'm very jealous of that. Do you think a lot of black writers or black women, do you feel like they've always been attached to their partners? Not necessarily attached, but like it's like a, a thing for news as well. Like obviously when Issa posted her wedding pictures, everyone's like, wait, what? Sort of thing. But then no one's, I don't know, from what I saw anyway, no one did some deep dive to figure out who he was. Do you know what I mean? To be like, we must know this thing. Or I, I get it sometimes when like, there's like beauty bloggers that are like, or fashion bloggers that are like, and then they get married or get engaged, great, amazing. Now they're content couples, I'm like, boo, like, show us dresses. <laughs> That's what I came here for. Do you know what I mean? Like, I fell in love with you sort of thing. I don't, yeah, I, yeah, I don't like the attachment of a man to my career. If, yeah. Because I, I get it, it makes people interested in you, right? But I, I want my success and my work to be so interesting. It's kind of like, by the by, who I'm married to, like yeah. who I'm with or whatever. Like, whatever, it's not that interesting. For yourself in particular, because you love love. Yeah. You love romance, you love rom-coms. Mm. Do you think that if you did something similar to Issa Rae, for example, and shared yeah, yeah, your yeah. partner... Do you think people, there'll be a reason why people will be more like, oh my gosh, she loves love. She talks about love all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy for her. I think people will be very happy for me because mm. I think it's, yeah, it's a thing that I talk about all the time. It's like, yeah, I I love love. I love romantic love as well. So yeah, I do think people will be happy for me. But that's what it is with Issa. People were happy for her, but there was no investment to be like, we must find out who he is and what he does and how much he makes, which some people get. Some people's, some people's fans are so invested in their partners and who they are. There was none of that. It's like, oh, I'm happy for Issa. I don't care who this man is. Yeah. But that's how I saw it anyway. I don't care who this man is. I'm happy Issa's in love. And looking at both Quinta, so Quinta Brunson yeah. and Issa Rae's careers, what mm. would you say are the things you'll take away? since you are very much inspired by their work? They both tried different things. Like, it was like, oh, we'll see if this works, we'll try this idea, blah, 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 blah. And also, like, okay, so I love that neither of them are really... 
and this is, I don't mean this is an insult at all. In fact, it's something that I admire so much. They're not trying to be like, I'm going to create content that's going to win Oscars. Do you know, like, I'm going to create, like, you know, I think sometimes the thing with people be like, I want to create something intense and, like, deep and whatever. They're just telling normal, everyday stories. Quinta Shabba and um, Elementary. It's about schools. It's lighthearted. It's an easy watch. It's fun. It's enjoyable. I, like... It's things that are normal to people, makes people feel good. And I think that's what both their shows have done for me. Like Insecure, I loved it. It made me feel good. There was not this like, and then they're going to go through a struggle and it's going to be this. I love that Insecure ended with a happy ending. Like, it's just like, I'm just going to make stuff that makes people feel good. Of course, awards have come with what they're doing, but it's not because it's so try-hard to be like, it's going to be very clever. Do you think now writers are writing for these award shows? What do you think about these awards and accolades? Sometimes I don't even know if it's awards or they're writing for... Because it's quite actually quite hard. Before you actually write something, you're thinking about every tweet that could be said about it. Like, everything that... Do you think like that? I, I don't think like that. But I think loads of people do. I think loads of people are really aware of black Twitter and what their other black people are going to say yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And I think sometimes it just kind of stops what you're going to write sometimes because you're like, you want to get everything so right. But you're overcompensating yeah, by that, doing yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's such a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I've had times where I've written stories where I know that it could be a bit controversial. Yeah. And I start panicking. I've actually had someone for a story that I've written said that they're going to get black Twitter on me. <laughs> That's insane. They were going to get black Twitter on me. And I don't know, but when I heard that, my knees like, started to what, just turn to jelly. What was the story? I don't know if I can really like, go into okay, details. Okay, okay, cool. But I'll explain. Okay. Um, the problem is, in terms of journalism, there's no new story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything you see on the news or everything you see on social media... It could be something that was written like five years ago Mm-mm. and then it comes back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think this particular story, there was almost like a misunderstanding. Right, okay. So I, I think just the idea of someone saying that they're going to get black But the fact Twitter. that they're going to be like, yeah, you watch, I'm going to, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's really weird. It was, yeah. So I, I get why people could be thinking about black oh, no, Twitter. Of course, yeah. Being scared. And critiquing what people might say and like you think about everything that someone else might say if you do this. And I, yeah, I don't know if that's the most creative way to work. Yeah, mm. I agree. I think also, would you say that your writing now has become more free? Like you're no longer restricted by people's opinions or even because you said you said earlier that sometimes you read your you write yeah then you come back to it and you're like oh wow this is that, yeah, this is actually quite right. good yeah do you think you're you put less pressure on yourself now I don't know I don't, it's free in terms of like it, like I can write wh- whatever I want I'm not like um, bounded by a topic or subject or theme um, every bit of pressure that I have is pressure that I've put on myself no one else has done this to me like it's definitely what I've like done to myself and been like oh, I just hope this this is good and like with people when you write and when you do songs or whatever it becomes a point where it's no longer yours and I think that's what I've had to do with my writing now once you put it out in the world it's not yours anymore it's up for interpretation by how anyone wants to see it so I guess there's a freedom there to be like this is mine while it's still on my laptop but once it's on a page on a newsletter on Instagram and anyway it no longer belongs to me did you feel that way when you were writing your book because yeah. it's quite personal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. almost like we're in your thoughts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I did feel that in the book, actually. Yeah. And like, I think it's really interesting with the book because I think every chapter is a different thought process of mine. I think it's written a bit differently. Yeah, I heard that. that yeah. The first one felt like, I was like, this is like, it felt like I was like in a, like a rom Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very much like describing your perfect Sunday. So, mm-hmm. and then the other page is a bit more serious. Yeah. Some pages are a bit more playful. Yeah. So I, I did get that. One of my thing, a big things is everything is funny eventually. 
maybe not everything, but a lot of things are funny eventually. Oh, I just think there's a funny moment in things. Like, I use an example of um, Kobe and Brian's funeral. And was it, was it Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan was doing a speech and obviously there's that meme of him that goes around where he's crying and he's doing a speech and obviously he's crying it's a sad moment and then he's like oh you guys are going to meme me again and I'm like <laughs> and he says that in the thing and I love that humans have that like ability yeah that to be in the most dire situations there's just something that we can just like laugh at a little bit and just kind of like add yeah so I think I try to add something funny even when I'm not talking about things that are not that funny, I just like to add a little like, hmm. you might not ha-ha, but you like, you know, you give a heavier breathing like her. Yeah, I think funny writing's hard though. Yeah, it is. I've yeah. never tried it, but I want to try. Yeah, but I don't I think, think it is. I don't I think, think I'm really funny hard. writer. I know. I, I couldn't do like proper comedy comedy. Okay. Do you think that's a different... I really enjoy British comedy. Okay. So like in between us, love that. Just that kind of like, like I'm just really into, I'm quite like dry humour. I think trying to write funny is hard. Yeah. I think you just have to not try. I think there's something fun in everyday situations. So the next section we're moving to is called Writing Rituals. Okay. And this is where we're going to talk more about the craft of writing. Okay. I know you use rewards to power up your productivity. Why do you use rewards when you're writing? Oh my God, it's so bad. Do you know what I do every time I start writing? Okay. So, like, so I'm like, this is a writing day today. So our first, probably not first hour, I just open tabs of like shopping websites. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just like put things I want in a basket. And then I'll go to like, okay, cool, I'm going to write. And I'm like, okay, if you get this done, you can order that basket. That basket? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you write this amount of words, you can go, like then you can buy this and be like, and then you'll be deserving of this. It's so bad that... I used to do it with food. I'd be like, you're not going to eat until you've done this. Oh, so if you haven't written anything, you're yeah, not yeah, eating yeah, until late. Yeah, like, you're not eating until you've banged this kind of thing. It's actually, I don't know how good it is. but like, It's very disciplined. Yeah, oh, I like discipline. But the thing is that like, I like treats. I, like, I work for reward and I'm not even going to be a chef. I've got a praise kink. I love to be a good girl. I love, like, I work for reward and, and, and that is genuinely my truth. Like, I like success. Like, I'm not writing for shits and giggles. I can't lie to you. Like, I, <laughs> I want it to be successful. I like reward. I like success. I literally work for that. So if it's like, yeah, you've done this. Now you can go buy that top now. Now you can go buy that outfit. Or now you can get a takeaway. And I, I don't know how healthy it is. But it seems to boost your productivity. But it helps me, exactly. Like, it definitely helps me when I'm like, okay, you're going to treat yourself to that once you've done this. Describe the space you write in. So at the moment, I am I write in between either Soho House or my like office that I've made at home. But right, okay, so I'll describe it. I can't write without noise in the background, and it can't be music. Oh, so what is it? White noise? It is either white noise, which is very very recently, or it's television. Television. I have to have a TV show in the background. Like, I, I genuinely have to. Like, I what work with two screens. And it has to be one of those shows that I do not need to concentrate on it. Like, just one of them easy watches that's like, nothing really is happening. It's not the best drama in the world. I do it mostly with really bad rom-coms. I really enjoy really bad rom-coms. Like, from the first five minutes, you know exactly what's going to happen. happen. Like, homegirl leaves the city because her <laughs> parents have died and the country's gone to the country. The guy that does the gardening, now she falls in love with him. And I know exactly what's going to happen, but I always have that on, right? And at Channel 5, at 3 o'clock, there's always a really bad rom-com on. Every single day. <laughs> so, yeah, it's two screens. And right now, my... 
I've got my laptop here, my big screen where just a random television show is happening on, and I, I handwrite before I type. Do you handwrite the paragraph? I handwrite the whole thing. So I've, I handwrite that whole book before I typed it up. What, you mean keep the receipts? Yeah. Like chapter by, I handwrote my whole dissertation before I typed it up. It is a ridiculous waste of time. But it's quite cool though. But I cannot, What's the reason? I can't think. Is it? Do you feel like you're closer to the paper? When or? I have like, yeah. When I just have like a finger, like a blank, it's it's so intimidating. So I like I've done it to now. I've got to bits because I'll write a paragraph and then type it up. So I'll be like, oh, yeah. I get you because I do it for paragraphs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I only do it when I'm feeling stressed. And it also sometimes helps you gather your thoughts quicker. Yeah, and you're exactly. Not, you're not overthinking it. Yeah. You know when you're typing, you want it to be perfect sentence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when you're writing, it's like, oh, yeah. cool. So continue. I write it, whatever. And then when I'm typing up, I realise I edit it as I'm writing and as I'm typing it back up anyway. Do you prefer working at home or do you prefer working in a house? I prefer working outside of my home only because any little inconvenience, I will go to sleep if I'm at home. I genuinely, <laughs> I, let's say I'm like trying to write a sentence and I'll just not make a sentence, I'm going to sleep. Like, and I will just... Go and sleep. So when I'm not at home, there is no option to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I generally have journey. to... Yes, I have to work it out and just write that sentence rather than being like, go and sleep. And is there anyone's writing you can't stand? Do you know what? I'm going to say no because I'm one of them ignorant people that if I if I have to even like you as a person, I'm not reading your work. I remember Carla tweeted something like saying how he like reads the work of people he doesn't agree with just to see two sides. And I thought, you're a better person than me, bro. Wow. If I don't like it, I won't even read your tweets. Just keep scrolling. I remember reading a book once. I was on the train and I was like, oh, screw this book. I left it on the train and just walked Because I did someone was like, you forgot it because I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and it just got you off. You just left it there. Yeah, because I'm like, this is crap. <laughs> so, like, it's not by force. Like, I have to, I don't, I don't understand why I have to read something that annoys me. Tell me for your writing process. How do you start writing on like a regular day? So if it's like a brand new story, right? Like let's say I've just got an idea and the idea is, I don't know, a girl finding love in the streets of Shoreditch, right? So I will write headers for how I want everything to go, for what like the story is going to be. So it's like she wakes up in the morning, gets in the train. What happens on her journey to work? What happens on that journey? So it's just like, it'll just be the header of that. So like something happens on her journey to work. Then she walks across the street and then finds this man. And blah, 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 blah. But nothing's actually fully formed. Just like, bap, 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 bap. That's what's going to happen. And then once I've got, it's like a little, like, that's the skeleton of it, right? And then once I've got the framework of that, then fill in the details. But what's quite annoying sometimes is when I've got a set, like, this is how I want it to go. And you're writing, it's just like, this is not slapping. <laughs> but I'm so like, no, I don't want to delete it. Make it work. <laughs> Make it work. And then I get sudden, I'm like, let it go. Like, but when do you know to let it go? Is it when, like, you feel the tension with the Yeah, work? when you keep reading it, I'm just like, this doesn't work. <laughs> like, just remove it. I'm like, no, 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 come on, no. But I'm like, no, it doesn't work. I did that today with a paragraph. I, and the thing is, it didn't work, but I liked the paragraph because it read really well. Oh, do you know what I, I mean? Like, name. this is such a oh, mm. all the yeah, sentences, like, like all the yeah. words, if it's symmetry, poetic. <laughs> but I'm like, it doesn't fit with your story. <laughs> but I was like, it's such a good paragraph. So I'm like, come in and paste it and moved it somewhere else because I'm like, I will, I will use, use those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, it doesn't work here. Yeah. That's really funny, actually, because I guess that comes from not being too attached with the writing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But sometimes yeah. just like, oh, oh, like, oh, that was come really on. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just not adding to your story. What's move on? Do you write at night or during the day? Oh, um, so I'm trying to do during the day more now, just because I've got things to do during the day. But from dissertation days, I'm all nighter. I like literally, I will like sleep quite a lot during the day, whatever. From like ten o'clock, I'm like, okay, we move, and I can go there till six a.m. 
Oh, but wow. now it doesn't work out because I've Nasty got other things. things to do during the day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, 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 off. yeah. And like, there's emails and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I really like writing at night. Like, I really enjoy. What do you it. like about writing at, at night? There, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to distract myself. Like, do you know what I mean? There's no, no, no one's going to email me. That's more important. There's no one to necessarily call. It's just me and this thing. And then I'm like, I like the idea of like finishing, maybe finishing it off or something, and going to sleep. Like, yeah. Feel accomplished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then sometimes you do that, and then the next day or whatever you read it, I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's like, what, what, what actually? <laughs> what is this? But you know, it's a process. Do you have any insecurities when it comes to your writing? And if so, how do you overcome them? Like, I've got a thing about intelligence because it's like I don't necessarily want people to think I'm. I don't perform smartness. I don't perform intelligence. It's not. It's not a leading thing. In fact, I want people to think I don't think. Why? I don't know. Like, do you think that's like some sort of like shield? Yeah, or yeah, maybe like boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even want you lot to think. I think like I just like like it's it's so it's so weird. I think there's I just think there's a lot of pressure put on people who are meant to be really intelligent, and then when they do things or say things that are like people are like oh, they just expected better from you or whatever. And I think in school I was actually quite smart, but I was like. I don't say I think I'm book smart, but I think that's what it is. It's that's an insecurity for me to be like, oh, what if this is not that smart? Because in terms of overcoming it, do you think you want to overcome it, or do you think it's almost like some sort of protection as well? Because I do think when I try to overcome it and write in a smart way, I read it and like it. I've read some of my work that's been published that's smart, and I'm like, it works, but it's not like it's not your, it's not your voice, it's not your writing, so. The overcoming of it needs to be me thinking it doesn't have to be smart. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not yeah, it's like it doesn't have to be you don't have to be using the biggest words. You don't ha- you can say things and articulate yourself without using big, big language. Cause I really even in my everyday speaking, I'm I just why am I using this big language that I don't know what it is? <laughs> like behave. Like, you know, I stammer. Yeah, like, no, just use the words that you can use. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I guess also sometimes I say that if I don't know what that word means. Why, why are you using it? Why are you using it? Yeah, exactly. But, but sometimes words come and you're like, oh, I didn't even know I know that word. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. And then you Google it and say, like, oh my gosh, this works. Like, no, I yeah. found that actually because obviously we wrote the book and then we read out the audio book. So I'm like writing these words and, you know, blasting the vocabulary, using English. When that came to reading it, I was like, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> say it. Like, <laughs> why did they use this word? Objectively, I know what that word is and what it says, but to be pronouncing it is so difficult. Like, I cannot pronounce that word easily. So, yeah, I realised that as well. But I wrote it. I know what it means. I didn't look it up to write, to pick a word. But I can't use it in my... <laughs> like everyday language. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you mean. Mm. What, how was the writing process for the book? Was that a different type of process for you? How did you... It was the same kind of process, handwrite stuff. It was like a difficult time because I was dealing with grief and it was during lockdown. And like everyone thinks that lockdown is like the great time to like, write. it just wasn't for me. It just, it just really, really wasn't. Like, I think a lot of writing comes from like living. I was in a completely different state than wasn't that wasn't living, right? I was just experiencing someone like close to me dying. My dad had just died whilst writing it. So like living wasn't in my forefront. I don't know how to explain it, like death and fin- finality and the end was like what I was looking at. And I find it hard to write in that state. So it was difficult. I miss bare deadlines. I miss ev- not even every single deadline. And I think because of the three girls, I'm the one that had wrote as a career in the past. So they, they thought, yeah. Because I'm like, I can't shit on demand. It's not coming. Like, what? You, uh, 
Like, what do you what do you want me to do? It, it's just not coming, and that's like that's probably not the best way to write. But yeah, it was it was a I found it really difficult. But I think that's because of the state of mind that I was in at the time, for sure. Have you written about grief before? Um, no, 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 no. Like I'm, yeah, no. Do you think you will? Do you think that? Helps? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a very interesting topic, and I just think it's something that like prior to it happening, it's you can only imagine. Right, and then it happens, and you realize that no, you actually really couldn't imagine. It's so much more unfamiliar than you thought it was, and it's just a thing that doesn't go. It's just, it's like it's in, it's embedded in your everyday now. Like that's your, that's your story in this weird way. But I'm, I'm fascinated by it, by grief. I'm fascinated by the living experience of knowing death is a thing. I'm very fearful of it as well. Is it more because you just don't know when it happens? It's just because it's something that every, it's going to happen to everyone. Like, I mean, sometimes it, it's a thought, it overwhelms me. Like, in a, it's probably quite, I'll be at a train station and it's packed. And I'll be like, suddenly I'll be like, oh my God, everyone here is going to die. And that feeling just overwhelms me. And it's a feeling because I'm like, I feel sorry for everyone who loves them. So now I'm like, oh my God, someone's going to have to experience this person, which I'm sure someone in the world loves them, not being here anymore. And that's how much it, like, it it literally, it's, it's been since losing my dad that it, it overwhelms me to be like, yo, this is, this is real. Yeah, and I've always known it was real. But yeah, now it's like a, it shows up more regularly now, the thought of it. Like, generally, I'll be at train station, I'm like, and I just get really sad for everyone. So be like, fuck, every, like, everyone here is going to die. That's mad, like, it's not funny, but it's like, what? And is it because... You feel like no one can prepare them. Yeah, and it's not even sadness. them that I feel sorry for. It's the people that love them because they're gone. They're not feeling it. So it's the people that have to deal with them not being here. That's what. That's like. That's who I empathise towards. To be like, oh my god, someone loves them. It's not going to have them anymore at one point. And I think that's really sad. That nobody that's alive right now. There's going to be a point when none of us are here anymore. And that spins me. Yeah, yeah. And all you have is just memories. Yeah, like it's just, yeah, I just, yeah, grief and writing about grief. I don't I, I don't indulge in, I don't read about it or anything like that because it's, it's far too depressing for me. But yeah. When is the Black Women's Writing Retreat that you tweet about happening? Oh my in? God, I want to do it so badly. I just don't want to be the one to organise it, but also want to be the one to organise it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just want someone, some brand, someone just to sponsor, like, just a bunch of black writers just going away, writing by day, drinking red wine by night. It literally made, like, me smile. I think I woke up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like surely, like, I like I, I would absolutely love to do it. Just pick somewhere. And, like, writers of all types or whatever, and maybe at the end of the week, everyone can, like, get to read a chapter that they just feel like sharing. I just think it will just be, like, just a lovely thing I don't know if writing was ever like something that was said to us as black women that oh you can make money from that that's a thing that you can do and enjoy and you know make it your life's work so I think it's quite nice that we can do that do you know when I'm not even saying black women I think it's not a thing for anyone like me who's working class right being a writer was just never like I was like oh that'll be fun but it was never like it's never didn't feel um, like attainable. attainable yeah so I think it's quite nice for us to kind of get this version of like I want to go away and write that things that we've watched in films and we've got to watch other rich people do and take some time out and go write and wear like other life things and not in your way yeah. just for context Tolly um, tweeted about having a writing retreat for black women yeah 
And she basically said, who would be interested and loads yeah. of black women applied. I would love to do it. And it was like, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. We'll make it work at some point. What is your favourite piece of writing you've written? Okay, so it's not it's, it's interesting because I just, I, I like it because it was, I actually got to be very like personal, honest of it. It's the sex chapter in Keep the Receipts. I think it's a bit different to every any other thing I've read about sex. Yeah. yeah, you explained your relationship with it. You wrote a list. You yeah, a list. yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's what it was. It was just kind of like, I kind of like, it wasn't a thing where it was like, oh, this chapter or this, my ideas of sex were from someone, for some, from films I watched, from someone else telling me what it's meant to be like, or from Teenage Magazine. It was like, no, here are my actual feelings about this thing. And I don't actually know if this is felt by other people, but here's how I feel about it. Was it therapeutic writing that? Yeah, and then there was no, like, I didn't write it to be like, hopefully someone can see this and feel the same. It's just like, here's how I feel. The rest is up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're very, definitely very vulnerable yeah. in that chapter. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, here's, here's this thing. How would you describe your writing? I feel like I like to write things. That when you read it, you can picture it. Like, you can just see it, right? You can never see it. And also, how would I describe it? Let me actually say a word. I want it to feel familiar. Even if it's a brand new story that you've never heard before, it feels like, oh, that could happen to a girl I know, or that could happen to me, or that could happen to my best friend, that could happen to my mum, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I want it to feel familiar. Do you know when you, like, go to a space that you visit quite often? You know where everything is, you know where the toilets are, you know that there's always water here. I want my writing to feel like that. When you come to it to be like, yeah, I know. I know Talani or I know who this person she's writing about is. Like, for example, it's how I feel every time I watch a rom-com. I know, I love the familiarity of it. I know that it's going to end happily. Do you know what I mean? So, I like, I want that. Yeah, I want my writing to feel familiar. When I read your writing, I think it's rich and delicate. Oh, that's lovely. So it's, like, very rich. You can tell that it's very well written. Yeah. And very well thought out and very intentional. But it's also delicate and warm and caring yeah and oh, that's, like nice, that's nice thank you so, oh yeah that's lovely thank you yeah yeah so I agree so what do you do when you experience creative inspiration so when you get a new idea a yeah. new story or new something or something new that you want to write what do you do with that oh god I had that when I was walking here oh yeah 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 like I was walking East London is fascinating where we're calling in East London it's just fascinating to me how what it is now and what it looks like and just the different worlds that live in it and I was literally walking and I was like this is so interesting to me and I like stopped dead in the middle of the one, got my phone and I just like typing random words into my notes. My notes makes no sense to anybody if you've ever looked at it. It's just literally, <laughs> once something comes to my head, I'll just kind of like quickly write it in my notes. And I might not look at it for ages. I might never look at it again, but sometime I will and just be like, oh, that's what that was. Yes, I would literally, I was dead stop in that moment. I always carry a notepad with me as well. So if I don't write it in my notes, I write it in my notepad. Mm, mm. I like that. Yeah. And when you do come back to it, do you just start writing sentences or do you, create plots so what do you do when you have gone back to those pieces of information yeah so it's I'll go back to this and be like okay so what even is this right so so I have a newsletter that I haven't done in absolutely ages and genuinely if I could just write 240 words if, I could, if my newsletter just with random tweets that I've just just thoughts I would love that I have a stream of like thoughts all the time that are not fully formed stories because I don't think it's somebody it could be a sentence and that's a story right so it's even like okay so I'll go back to it like, what, what is this is this a tweet is this a story? Is this like, what? what is this sort of thing? Is it a story, story, story? Is it a newsletter, whatever? Then I'll go back to it and decide what it is. And sometimes it's honestly nothing. It was just something I thought about or it's something I can talk about on a podcast or something like that. Yeah. Do you love short stories? Yeah. Do you prefer them or do you prefer longer form, like fiction? 
I think I think there's a bit of magic in both, you know. I think I that there was um, the good old days of Vine, and I was obsessed with Vine because I was like, oh, it is what? How many seconds was Vine? I don't even know, but it was very it's short. Like seconds, and people were telling full stories, <laughs> beginning, middle, and end, and I'm like, this is fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, I think both, both actually. How do you go about writing short stories and monologues? Because you write a lot of monologues yeah. and a lot of inner thoughts. I really like monologues. And I think a little part of it is the like stage school person that I wanted to be. Like, I really think I she should be, be able to act. I, I, I've never been so sure of anything more in my life that I'm like, I should be able to act. I know I can't, but it's like, like, come on, look at me. Like, I should be I should be an actress. I should, like, I should, <laughs> I should have. I so innately believe that I should have this skill that I just, I can just act. And, like, I think monologues cease to that fantasy. So when I'm writing a monologue, I read it out like I'm the actress, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, so how will you do this to me? And the reason why I like monologues as well, because it doesn't have to be a perfect piece of anything. It's just someone's thoughts. And rarely are your thoughts so perfectly articulate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's why I like that version of writing because even when you're writing it, you don't have to be perfect because, like, rarely your thoughts, the perfect man of English. Thoughts can start with, like, oh, I'm talking about nails and then I just go somewhere else with it. And I think monologues are louder and they're like, actually, wait, no, come back to this. So that's, like, that's, really that's why I like, I literally, like, if I'm not writing about something that's, like, me or a feeling I'm feeling, I try to write as that person and to just where will their thought processes be. And like, let's say like I write a sentence and I'm like, oh, that would make you think of this. So then write that in the monologue as well. It doesn't have to be perfect because it's just a stream of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say is the best and hardest part about being a black writer? I think the hardest part will just be access to what we have, right? I feel like we're, we're probably still like ages behind in terms of access. And like we have to like convince people of our stories. I think that's quite hard to have to be like convince people of their stories. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, I think that's definitely hard and access and the, the thought the need to be like, I promise you it will land. I promise you it will be good at blah, blah, blah. I think that's not great. What the best thing is, I think the stories that we have, like my blackness is, on its own is a whole bunch of stories. Like even when I think about my upbringing, it's a whole bunch of stories. The aunties I've met in my life, there are a whole bunch of stories. Like there is just, I feel like our very history is so rich in stories. That even like, like I was saying, going back to the beginning and going back to story, story, my growing up was brought up on stories. There's a parable for everything. There's an ending for this and things for that. So I think that's probably the best bit. I think like we are just like brought up with stories. So the last section mm -hmm. is called Advice to Give. So this okay. is just about you sharing your top tips, yeah. your experiences. Mm -hmm. And just to set the scene, so imagine we're at this Black Women's Writers okay, Retreat. Okay, I'm seeing it. Okay. And it's come to the end. Everyone's read out their stories mm -hmm. and shared like, the things they've written. And now everyone's clapping and they've called you That's up. so glorious. <laughs> they've called you up and you're just sharing your last remarks, your last words. What advice would you give to those women? I'm, I'm weirdly like thrown by that question only because I don't feel like the word is not good enough. I don't feel adequate to be the one to give advice to people when it comes to writing. I still feel like I'm such a newbie in this thing. Right, so I don't feel like I can be like, well, with my all my experience, here's my advice, sort of thing. So yeah, I think that's why I'm finding that hard because I don't think I feel. Why do you feel like a newbie? Adequate enough to give advice. Why do you feel like in a your newbie? Writing? I haven't done anything. <laughs> no, no, you have. You've got a whole book. Like, um, 
Okay, okay. What advice? Just, just, just do it. <laughs> Come like Nike. Um, what advice would I give? I okay, what advice was... would you give to yourself? Okay, okay. I would, I would actually give this advice that way. Right? Okay, this is a genuine advice that I'd give. Like, your first draft is not the final one. <laughs> like, I heard your voice like no, no, like genuinely because I'd be writing my first draft and be like, I have to, I have to make this perfect, right? And it's just like, just blurt it out. They're gonna edit it anyway. Like, yeah. But I'm so precious about being like, no, the first, and I'm like, it has to go like this. I'll even like how I'll write how I want it designed on the page. Oh my gosh. I have a thing with formatting as yeah, well. Yeah. And I don't, I've been Googling it. Is there phobia for it? I, if words don't look right on the page, I've either can't engage with it or yeah. it just makes me itch. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like that as well. So I think like it's definitely like your first draft is not, it's not, it doesn't have to be perfect. It gen, like even like people ask to read something, but I'm like, no, 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 no. It hasn't, it was like just, it's fine. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's your first draft. It's not your final one. And what advice would you give to yourself? That is a big one, Tony. It's not like be relaxed. Like your first, yeah, I think, yeah, I've got a big thing about like, when I send it, I want it to be like, in my ideal world, right? I would like write a book for the first draft and all good to they're like, yeah, perfect, it's good to go. <laughs> printers. <laughs> yeah, send it to the printers right now, <laughs> hot off the press. And that's never going to happen. So I feel like, remember, that's literally never, like, it's people's jobs to give you edits. Yeah. Same thing, they will find something. Otherwise, their job is redundant. Like, so they mm. will make edits. So, in fact, let them be working hard for what they're paying for. Let make sure they have plenty of edits there because it's that's what it doesn't have to be perfect. I need to be wary of that, and also I need to get out the heads of whoever's reading it. Because so I'm writing, I'm thinking, oh, they might think this and this. I'm like, no, 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 don't get in their head. I'm never going to know what they think. Just write this. But do you think sometimes it's good to have the reader in mind as well? Or is it just about finding that balance? Yeah, I think it's finding the balance. I guess it's good to have it if you want to make something authentic and make it make sense to them and be like, well, the reader understand this. But I think there's a difference between thinking will the reader understand this compared to will the reader like this. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. when you're in the process of the reader like this, when you're getting yourself in trouble. I'm so grateful to Tolly for being so vulnerable with me in today's episode. She was so open about some of the things that she struggles with when it comes to her writing. Please be sure to check out all of the amazing work she's doing by following her on socials, listening to the Receipts podcast every Wednesday and sign up to her storytelling platform, Story Story. I've included some links in the description. And don't forget to buy her book, Keep the Receipts, which gives a lot of context to how she thinks, feels and navigates life. A special thank you to you too for downloading and listening to this episode right to the end. If you've enjoyed it, share it with at least one black writer that you know and let me know what you think using the hashtag BlackProsePodcast. I appreciate you guys and I'll catch you next time. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.